Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is my co-host, Daniel, and our favorite guest, Shiloh. And my (laughs) (laughs) co-co-host. That's me. I'm the third, I'm the third. You know, you're a third of a... (laughs) Jeez. Well, today we're going to go back to 2014 and we're going to talk a really nice gem, the Oscar-winning best picture, Birdman, starring Michael Keaton. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and I got nothing today. Shit. Do like the alter ego voice. And this place looks like shit. Smells like balls in here. (laughs) All right. And let's talk some Birdman. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Yeah. Ah, great intro, great intro. <laughs> I do, right I, I do love that intro, though. How did we get here? This place is a mess. Smells like balls. Ah, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, we, we will get into that. Ah, love mm-hmm. it. Well, you got anything you're drinking on your end today, Daniel? I've got a new Gigantic called Via For Real. Yeah, for real. IPA. It's, IPA? Pretty, it's pretty good. Is it? I really like it. So I've, I, got I a, I've got a new one by Little Beast Brewing called Seizek um, Style Pilsner. So, yeah, I'm really, these guys are really starting to become one of my favorite uh, local brewers here in the area, Little Beast Brewing. I like so much of the stuff they had that i i don't think it's available anymore that great sejon that was available through the winter time or maybe the fall into winter but yeah uh they are really becoming one of my favorites though nice and shiloh has wine i have wine today Ooh, what know. kind of wine it's a from willamette valley uh-huh. a pinot noir i believe uh not pinot noir it's a rosé and it's like pinot noir sort of thing nice it's good a blend it's a blend well i think it's just more it's not like a it's not a super sweet rosé i don't like super sweet wines so mm-hmm. a little bit more dry had a little bit more tart nice let's talk some movie news here so we've had you know a super bowl weekend this last weekend uh tom brady won again that's cool good for him <laughs> um but yeah there were also some trailers that got released during this time yeah, you say some, and I didn't watch the game, but when I look at it, I'm like, okay, what movie trailers? And it's like, Fast and the Furious, I'm like, don't care. Ray and the Last Dragon, I'm like, okay. Excited for the movie, but it was the third trailer, so I just didn't watch it, because I'm like, I've already watched two, and I don't want to have any more spoiled for me. Yeah, it makes okay. sense. Ray and the Last Dragon. Oh. And Still then, looks good. And then the one trailer that I did watch... <laughs> you know, that I was interested in that I thought we were both interested in was the Winter or the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer. And that was fucking badass. And yes. to see, uh, not Peggy Carter, what's her name? Uh, yeah, the blonde one. Carter's niece, granddaughter, Agent 13 or something. Yeah. Right? Sharon, Sharon Carter. Thank you. Sharon She's, Carter. Okay, Sharon Carter, but she's back from the Captain America series and she was kicking some serious ass in the trailer and I'm like oh cool I'm glad that she's back I think that's a really cool that was a uh, fun trailer I yeah I'm having a good time with uh WandaVision is everybody caught up on that nope 
We're an episode behind. Ooh, oh man. Well, not that we're going to spoil anything anyway, but yeah, it's got some good surprises going on. Uh, I'm having fun with this. And yeah, I think this ends in like, what, it was like one or two weeks later, we get the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Heck yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was coming out in March. And Super like, oh, quick break. And then boom, back to another one. I'm glad. I'm glad because that was the one that I was really excited about because I love the Captain America characters pretty much the best and love the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. So excited to see uh, all the character or not all, but like a lot of the characters from those movies back. Yeah, uh, but as far as the trailer goes, I had a it's just a fun trailer. I liked everything I saw in it. It looks like we're getting some old characters, some new characters. Trying to figure out who the uh, baddie is in this. I can't quite tell yet. Well, it's got it like definitely seems like Zemo is going to be back in his comic accurate costume too, which is kind of cool. But then I couldn't tell who the other person is. And for some reason, I thought it was like the Mandarin for a second. But I think when I watched the trailer, I don't know. I'm not sure who exactly. But did you see the poster that they put out? No, you see, you know, the main cast like Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and uh Sharon Carter, and then you see Zemo, and there's some other guy that I don't recognize on the on the poster. Okay. So not sure what's gonna be happening in that, but I'm very excited to see that one. Hopefully we'll have a cool two episode premiere again. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm trying to think of some other exciting news. So Paramount announced a streaming service that was interesting I, I watched the full like minute and a half trailer for that with uh patrick stewart uh yeah i mean part of me is like well, that's cool i mean par- overall i think paramount is a pretty solid um studio so but at the same time i'm like another streaming service another something else i got subscribed to Ugh. thoughts well the thing is is that's it's not even like really a new streaming service they're essentially turning cbs all access and that is going turning into paramount plus oh okay that i did not know they're adding more paramount content i guess but it's essentially cbs all access with added content so and that's cbs all access essentially going to stop existing as cbs all access uh, okay well that is actually as far as cbs goes that's probably a good merge for them yeah, because especially for all that, like, yeah, you have Star Trek Discovery and stuff on there. I don't really know. I don't know a lot about Family that. Ties. I mean, I'll be honest. I just bought the, uh, like, um, just after Christmas, I bought the entire series of Family Ties because I'm like, well, I don't want to pay for another streaming service and I can get it in bulk for, like, 45 so I'm just going to get the entire series. <laughs> Might as well. Especially, like, All Access was very niche. Like, it was literally just CBS. But, I mean, like, they... Also had access to like Nickelodeon cartoons and shows. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's better. I mean, at least it's nice that there's not one more. It's just kind of folding into a new thing. Hopefully with added value. Sure. The Mission Impossible franchise will be on there. Not that we don't own that already. Yeah, we own all of them. So no worries. So, no worries there. Yeah, it's kind of, we'll see. I might check it out, but I, I doubt I'll be subscribed to it. I mean, when we already have Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, our voodoo accounts with our huge library i think we're doing pretty good <laughs> yeah but we'll yeah. see we'll see i know i mean i know dad has cbs all access but there's nothing on there i want to watch so uh, yeah we'll see what happens well maybe we can get a preview with his paramount access in a month or so like, i think it's march march was when it launches 
Uh, yeah, I think in March or yeah, when it relaunches. Cool. Well, what else is going out there in the movie news world? Uh, the only other thing. Oh, I had they published the first look at Jared Leto's Joker in the Snyder Cut. Oh, I heard it. Okay, that was, that was from the Snyder Cut. I heard something about a new Joker look, Jared Leto, but new and new look for Joker. But I didn't know what it was referring to. Snyder Cut. Okay. It's supposed to be in the Snyder Cut, but I'm going to say he looks less like the Jared Leto that we saw in Suicide Squad. And he looks closer to like uh, the Heath Ledger Joker. Okay. I'm okay with that. I'm, God, I'm so curious to see this movie gonna be long but i'm so curious to watch it i know but the bat the worst part about the snyder cut is i'm gonna re-watch justice league to see what the difference is because it's been so long since i've seen i might when is it supposed to come out officially or have they not officially they haven't announced it but it's supposed to be i think it's like quarter one of this year i heard a trailer is coming out next week yeah so it should be probably in march if it's q1 well, I might start watching all of it again and just, just to recap everything because it's been a while since I've watched some DC. I don't know if I'll watch Suicide Squad again, but I might watch Man of Steel. Maybe, the, well, I just watched the first Wonder Woman recently. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe BVS. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I think we the last time I saw that was when we watched it and we watched the extended cut or whatever it was. Yeah. I remember because you never, you, I don't the remember. The jar cut. That? that's the only time i've seen it yeah okay yeah <laughs> we'll Not see we'll see um in other news uh we have lost a dear actor a classic hollywood actor chris Plummer oh. is no longer with us shiloh killed him i killed him it's you my- killed him yeah tell the story shiloh <laughs> okay so he died on what was it friday or something like that Saturday? yeah over the weekend is all i yeah. know well the other <laughs> So it was because on Friday, that's right. I know it was Thursday. I took the day off and I was making the baby blanket and everything. And then I was bored. So I was like, you know what? I'd been, I watched The Greatest Showman because I'd never seen that. So I watched that and I was kind of feeling in a musical mood. And so I was like, you know what movie I've been really wanting to watch, but I haven't yet? The Sound of Music. I was like, I used to watch that movie all the time. Like, I love that movie. And I was reading all this trivia about Christopher Plummer and Julie Andrews and through the whole movie. And then the next day he dies. And I'm like, oh my God, I killed him. I watched the movie and I killed it. Jeez. Gotta do what I do and just never seen it. It's a great movie. I know. That's what I'm told. But Daniel and I, I don't know. Was our mom just never into it? Our parents were horrible at introducing us to classics. Yours, well, mine, ours is like the only one they ever introduced us to. I mean, maybe you. I also watched Thoroughly Modern Millie and Two Sir with Love. Okay, I saw that one. And that's it. Okay, I, well, I started, well, I think the reason I first, well, I did watch the Santa Music once with my grandma. And like, that's also who introduced me to the West Side Story and the Barbara Streisand version of A Star is Born and stuff. But honestly, when I was at a teenager and stuff, the more times I watched The Sound of Music was in choir and oh, stuff. Really? Yeah, because, well, like, there's a whole part in the movie where they, she teaches them, she's teaching them how to sing and stuff. And the, the Do Re Mi Fa Sol La Ti Do song and stuff. And we watched that and everything. And then we started learning about scales and choir and how to sing and everything. And then I also remember watching it in elementary school. And then we went to Walla Walla 
in like this like theater hall and they the real von trapp children came out and sang like their grandchildren because it's based off a true loosely based off a true story and stuff but the von trapp children are real and they still perform at least they did if i remember when i went when i was like in grade school and stuff so Uh, i am gonna have to see it yeah a lot of people give me grief over not seeing it but hey that's why it's on my top 10 movies and i'm ashamed to say i've never seen list yeah so that's how i killed christopher Plummer. i'm sorry poor Plummer. yeah Hollywood legend. He, yeah, I've, I've seen a few of his films. Uh, not Sound of Music, obviously, but I have seen a few of his films. And yeah, he, he's a good actor. He had definitely, uh, he's kind of, I always, I don't know why I always compared him to Alec Guinness for some reason. I don't know why, but hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, fun fact of Christopher Plummer that I learned in the uh, Sound of Music. He was drunk for like the whole time. Really? He, made, like, he thought the movie was stupid. He thought it was very like, he did not think it was good. And he thought that um, Julie and Julia Andrews, Julie Andrews, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she um, was like a, like something like a Disney princess and stuff. Like, she, cause she was so upbeat and so cheery. And he was basically the cynical drunk dude that didn't understand how happy she was. <laughs> so they later he t- turned out to be quite good friends and everything, but it made me laugh that at first he did not like her at all. <laughs> That's funny. Makes sense. Too happy. Well, he ended up being what AF one of AFI's top five, I think. Isn't that in the top five? Top ten for sure. Uh, I don't know. But so Chris Plummer, you're a legend and you will be missed. All right, what else we got, Daniel, or is that it for anything new and exciting? Did you see that Edward Scissorhand trailer? I did. Uh, I didn't realize that was Timothy uh, Chalamet. I don't know who the actor was. That was that um, Winona Ryder playing the mom. Yes, that was her. Okay, how great of a commercial was that? That's one of the best commercials I've seen in a long time. I mean, that was pretty good. I like that one a lot. I've only watched like a handful of Super Bowl commercials. I, I didn't watch the game at all, but online I've seen a few. But just in general, that is one of the best commercials i've probably seen in the last 10 years yeah i thought it was good that was hilarious i was I laughing the whole time and just the, everything the music from the movie and everything i did oh, it, was, it was so good <laughs> that, but that that's you know that's thinking outside the box to me yeah that's a great you well and especially like i know you the timothy chalmay who played the like teenage version of edward scissorhands and stuff he's a popular he was in um what's it called um he was in lady bird he was also in little woman he was in um call me by your name i think it was um but he's I, been a fan favorite on the internet if okay, that yeah now that you say his name i recognize him from lady bird yeah, and they a lot of people joke that he's been a fan favorite on the internet. That if Edward Scissorhands was ever recasted, that he should play Edward. So oh. it was kind of great that he was. Well, that's perfect. In, in the commercial. <laughs> oh, <that's> so good. <laughs> I, I was just laughing the entire. I think it's like a minute and a half long commercial. She watched the full version. Loved every second of it. On that note, let's move to other things we saw this week. We watched you know? that story. You what? Yeah, we Shiloh and I both sat down and watched West Side Story. Well, that'd be I'd be interesting to hear this because I've never we, seen that. Well, we were just like sitting down and we were just couldn't decide what to watch, and you know, and 
you know, we, we were on Hulu and West Side Story is on there. I'm like, you know what? West Side Story? And I was like, okay. So we sat down. It's like, what, two and a half hours? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we sat down and just watched it. Kind of had fun. We were roasting it a little bit too. Because we're like, what are you doing? Tommy. You know, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's... I yeah, mean, I, it, I've never seen it. I, I know it's a classic, but... I mean, it's Romeo and Juliet with, you know, dance fighting and rumbles. Rumble. And holy shit, it's like, it's insane to watch the choreography because like you can recognize it as really good, but at the same time, they're gangs rumbling it out with dance moves. So it is, it's just, it's super campy, but it's very enjoyable, but it's like a lot of fun just to kind of like joke around with. Like, I get that it's actually a good movie, but it was a lot of fun just to fuck around kind of roast while we were watching it. But it, it was great. Overall, I I really enjoyed it. Didn't feel like a two and a half hour movie. And it ends a little bit differently than Romeo and Juliet. Because I was talking, I'm like, yeah, this is, I honestly, I didn't realize until recently that it was actually Romeo and Juliet. I just knew it as West Side Story. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that. But uh, the only thing I was going to mention is I kept like looking at trial. I'm like, I wonder how they're going to die. Because <laughs> I'm like, just watching like this story, I'm just like, well, don't spoil how? it. In case I watch it. <laughs> I'm like, how are they going to die? No, or nothing to spoil. But no, I watched that movie when I was like, like I said about my grandma and she, when I go and stay over at her house, we would watch um, old musicals and stuff like that. And West Side Story was one of them and everything so i but watching it that keep in mind i was like eight when i watched that movie you know like so i knew what it was about but watching it as an adult it it was a it was fun to like take it as more of a campy style like yes it is a serious movie and it's actually a great story but it's a musical at the end of the day most musicals are campy it doesn't matter mm-hmm. as that but it was so yeah. much fun shitty j bang is still one of my all-time favorites Oh, super bang bang. campy but enjoyable as but, hell oh fun as hell i love them i'm so overdue like, to watch that movie too there's you, a good top 10 list daniel movies were way overdue to watch yeah sorry no <laughs> i was just saying but it's like if you go at west side story like super serious i don't think you'll enjoy it you kind of want to go at it just to have fun even though it's kind of a serious story okay i mean it's good it's good to know that okay it's a little campy but so be prepared for that i mean one yeah. of my the one of the parts that made me laugh the most is like they're kind of rumbling with each other and you know like but since it's so like tightly choreographed like the rumbles are just like dance spin spin like falling with style but one time like some guy was on the ground and you see some other guy kind of like dive on top of him and it just looks like they're dry humping for a second because <laughs> he's not like attacking him he's just like doing it very artistically which mm-hmm. is just it was funny, but one of the things that I loved about it was, you know, like two gangs and like, then there's like this racist cr- like cop in the middle of everything too. But one of the things that like, they're like fighting each other in the cop show. He's like, hey, break it up. And both of them take breaks from fighting each other to just shit on the cops. And it cracked me up. Cause they're both like, oh, detective. Well, <laughs> we weren't fighting. Yeah, they're just like, both like stop to roast the cop and like, just fucking shit on him then he goes away then they start fighting again <laughs> well yeah if it's on i should watch this it's on, it's, i'm way overdue to see this movie it's i think that's another afi top 100 i just haven't I got around to seeing it off my list you got it on the list cool all right uh yes yeah, far as i go this week 
I'm not going to talk too much about these. The only thing I watched last week was I watched the first two Alien movies. I was just feeling like something classic and nice. space and everything just sounded good. So you're feeling classics. I watched Alien and then the next day I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm watching the second one. Nice. And I, I guess I'll, I'll say this. I love as far as the uh, Aliens goes, that last 20 minutes of that movie is just so awesome it's probably one of my last the last 20 minutes of any movie that i've seen I, I just love it so much when this moment ripley is like i've got she's alive i just know it i'm gonna go back and find her and just oh god and the, the alien queen reveal is probably one of the best reveals in any movie ever yeah that would be another fun top 10 list movie reveals but yeah That's the reveal the queen is just oh I just remember the first time I saw that, my jaw was just on the ground, like, holy oh, shit. Huge. Look what's laying the eggs. Yeah, huge. Holy shit. Yeah. Just the brawl at the end of her inside the uh, yeah, the mechanic, whatever. The loader. Loader. So good. So good. For sure. And then I watched Alien 3. And five minutes in, I was like, I'm fucking pissed off and turned it off. You're like, oh, I wanted to watch classics. And then you went too far. Won't spoil anything because eventually we are going to watch the Alien sequels and review them. I don't want to. Everybody says they're all shit. I just want to keep it pristine with the first two. Too bad. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's, all I, that's all I watched. Did you get around to watching that um, Ghibli, I think it is, movie? Yes, I did. All right. So I did not, so I cannot join you in this, but yeah, take it away. All right. Well, so I sat down with Shiloh because I'm like, hey, I really want to watch this movie. You know, it came out today. So let's sit down and watch it. We got about two and a half minutes in, then we turned it off. And I was so unbelievably disappointed. Two and a half minutes in? Two and a half minutes in, I know. I know, because I'm like, okay, it's the first CGI movie. Like, like it looks like this is going to be like a Pixar level, like anime movie. Like, this is going to be so good. Studio Ghibli, literal legendary studio, hasn't made a movie in six years. Oh, really? Yeah. They've been working so on like, this the whole time. I had so much hype, and then I watched it, and I'm like, the animation was subpar, and the English dub of it, because the only one they had on, because it was released on HBO Max. Uh, but they only had the English dub. There wasn't a Japanese dub, but the English dub was just so bad because none of the words matched the like the mouth movements like at all. Mouths didn't actually like form the words; like they just kind of opened their mouths and words came out. Oh gosh! Which I mean, it sucked because. I mean, like, yeah, the dubbing was really bad. And, you know, you can say all you want. It's like, well, you know, it's never going to match up because it's native language, Japanese. Like, yeah, yeah. But I watched a loop in the third, like, the Castle of Cagliostros uh, a couple weeks ago, which is an animated movie from 1979 that had a better English dub than this. Hmm. Wow. So, like, we turned it off. We watched something else. I did wake up the next day and I said, fuck it. I'm just going to try and power through it. Like maybe if I watch it on my laptop, I won't notice the mouth movements as much. So I watched, I did watch it. Okay, okay. Overall, like 
it still did not live up to what I think Studio Ghibli is all about. Like legendary, like they, they're all about world building, top class, like 2D animation, usually mixed in with 3D. But the 3D, like the 3D animation was just not up to snuff. It looked like a very low rent, like animation house. Like the movement was almost the like- Toy Story 2 era, kind of. A Toy Story 2 is better. Well, I, I just mean like animation wise. I think it's, it still looks cheaper oh, than that. Shit. It was not. That was 1999. <laughs> I know. Like, I okay, maybe if I look side by side, maybe not. But the thing that bothered me the most is like the animation was not very fluid. It, they, the characters moved like they were stop motion animation. But since it was 3D, really, it was just very oh, kind of awkward. I still no, kind of want to watch it. I, yeah, I didn't get around to watching it. I, I still kind of want to check it out though. I mean, like, I'm sure, like, it's somewhat enjoyable i mean like it's called you know it's about like Who, who's the who's the audience for this one i mean i would kids kids I, definitely kids i mean i don't know that's from the two and a half minutes i watched oh. <laughs> i mean yeah it doesn't get very dark like some studio ghibli movies like it's very light-hearted and that's another thing like even if the animation you know the voice dubbing but the story was also just not on par they didn't do very much world building they didn't do very much of like anything. Like it was all about a witch rock band and like this orphan. So I'm like, cool, there's going to be more music in it. That would be fucking sweet. There isn't really like, there's a little bit of music, but there's not like a full, like a full on musical sequence in it, which was very disappointing. I don't know. That, but all I can get, all I pretty and much. Me, even Jesse had a song in Toy Story too. Yeah, like there was never a full <laughs> song. Like they played a little clip, like 30 to 45 seconds, but they never went into a full animated like rock song. They just kind of teased it yeah, and never. That's too bad. So yeah. on, honestly, the... Real quick on a musical note, I uh, was listening to that soundtrack show that I talked about last week on the show. Mm-hmm. And he did a two-part interview with the uh, husband-wife duo that did all the music for Frozen and Coco. Oh, that's cool. That would be interesting. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And in those movies, they do sing a full song. I know. I mean, I guess like my main takeaway is like it was very underwhelming for coming from a legendary studio. Like you can defend it all you want, which is like, well, it's their first 3D movie. I'm like, well, and yeah, maybe their next one will be super kick ass. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, like, I'm not going to stop watching, watching Studio Ghibli movies because of this one movie, but it's just like, it's just kind of a shame that it feels like they didn't they weren't able to really deliver on what they were trying to do. I don't know. I don't know. Well, shoot. Sorry to hear that. It wasn't as didn't live up to your expectations. Yeah. I was really, I'm sure it didn't live up to a lot of people. Like after turning it off, I checked the Rotten Tomato score and it was at like 36%. Ooh. The audience score is 85. And I'm like, "Eh, that seems too high. I don't think it was 36% bad, but it definitely wasn't 85% good, in my opinion, I guess. I was playing the Rotten Tomatoes game a couple weeks ago, and I got like a 40-point difference on this movie called Be Kind, Rewind with Jack Black. Oh, yeah, yeah, and most stuff. I thought for sure this is going to be like 20 30% kind of movie. This thing was like positive in the 60s or 70s. It was like 40-point difference. I remember that movie came out, but I never saw it. I remember it looking just ridiculous. So I'm like, there's no way critics like this. And then, yeah. <laughs> that cost me the game, though. That one movie. Oof. 
Anyway. All right. Yeah. So as far as other things I saw, yeah, just aliens. Two alien movies this week. Uh, did not get to see the Studio Ghibli movie, but uh, sounds like it was just okay. I would I would rather you just watch one of their more classics. Well, we should do an episode on Spirit Away because that's celebrating 20 years this year. Yeah, let's do that. I own it. Well, that'd be awesome. All right. Well, let's move on here, Daniel, and let's talk some Birdman. Cue the drums. I know. Very, like, as soon as it started, I'm like, oh, I'm getting, like, Whiplash vibes from that. Yes! In which I had totally forgotten that was up against Whiplash for Best Picture that year. Oof. I could see. They're like, really? Both drums? I'm like, shut up! That was a good year for Oscars, though. We'll get into that in a little bit here. But, uh, yeah, great year for Oscar nominations. But, yes, Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Written by Alejandro G. And Yadi 2, directed by Alejandro G, and not in Yadi 2, starring Michael Keaton, Emma Stone, Zach Galifianakis, Edward Norton, Naomi Watts, and Andrea Riseborough, something. <laughs> so, story of Birdman is a washed up superhero actor attempts to revive his fading career by writing, directing, and starring in a Broadway production. So I'm real curious, Daniel. Uh, actually, before I give my two cents or my general thoughts, I'd like to hear yours first. I'm real curious what you thought of this movie because I know it's your first time. And same with you, Shiloh. I guess we'll go Daniel, then Shiloh, and then I'll give my general thoughts. Okay. Well, one, going in, when we, we talked about it, I'm like, yeah, like we talked about doing Michael Keaton for a while, like Birdman and The Founder were two that we, like I haven't hadn't seen. And if you told me like Birdman, like when did Birdman come out? I'm like at the very latest, like 2016. Yeah, it, it does not feel like it's been four, Sarah, whatever, six years ago, 2014. I know. I'm like, oh, shit. yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, seven it was years. Six or like, yeah, six, seven years ago at this point. And I'm like, how did I of- never watch this movie? But especially like, you know, and then actually watching, I'm like, I just like was kicking myself. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you see this in theaters? Why have you not seen this since then? Or since like before now, like I was just like, I loved how fun and kind of meta it was. And it still like is, feels really relevant because they talk about going viral and stuff. And that's still a huge thing today. What do you want to be when you grow up? I just want to go viral. (laughs) Yeah. Like it still feels like if you put this out, um, like this year, it would still be relevant. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's fine like, too. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Anyway, but I, I mean, like, I, I loved how meta it was, like, and I love like the to- how tongue in cheek it was, especially like at the very beginning, you know. And I don't know, I like, I really love this. I mean, I do love Michael Keaton, and like again, like this was like the beginning of like the Michael Keaton like renaissance. Mm-hmm. You know? He was in this, then like Spider Man and Founder, like. Just boom, 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 but like huge movies, huge comeback. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, and now to see him possibly reprise the role as Batman. Mm hmm. You know, which I mean, yeah, I I freaking love this movie. And yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, Shiloh, you decided to sit down and watch it today. I did. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts? 
You're going to have to lean into the microphone just a little bit. Um, I loved it. It was great. Um, I was not, like, I, w- I had always seen previews for it and everything and seen articles about it. And I saw trailers and I wanted to watch it. I just never really got around to watching it. And then we started talking about it more. And then Daniel mentioned you guys were doing it this week. So I watched it and it was great. I loved it. I loved the the way it was filmed. I thought that was really unique. Um, And it was just such a cool experience. I I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was amazing. I loved it. So yeah, my general thoughts. So I did see this in theaters back in like late 2014, early 15, like probably when I got nominated for best picture, I was like, okay, I got to see this. You know, I was trying to go down the list of best picture nominations and watch some of them. I definitely remember seeing this in Whiplash and theaters pretty close together. But yeah, um, I you know I went to the theater. I just didn't know what to expect. Of what, but I was like, yeah, what? Michael Keaton haven't seen him in a while. Let's go watch this. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by just how great it was. I mean, just from the opening. Sh- I, I, again, I didn't even know what I was getting into. The, you have that opening shot, of Michael Keaton sitting there. Met, like in air kind of meditating and it's whitey tidies you're like okay well this is different what, what are we getting into here but then the movie just takes off and just i i mean i love this cast the performance by everybody is just great um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest here when i first saw this six years ago in theaters i did not realize it was a one shot all the way through kind of movie for some reason it just it, everything was just the flow was, I guess you could say, it was just so good that I just didn't even notice. Wait, it's one shot all the way through? Yeah. One no. continuous shot movie. See? That's how flawless it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Because I read on IMDb that there's one of the trivia is they, there's only six distinct cuts in the film. There's there's different, yeah, different cuts um, that, like, different places to, like, fadeaways or some fades that you were you can tell where they would have stopped filming but yeah it's it's for the most part i mean you got the asteroid in the beginning but from the time you see keaton floating in the air all the way to his him on stage at the very end it's all one continuous shot throughout well that's pretty cool i noted that i'm like i really like all these long shots but i didn't like it never registered that it was like longer than just like a few long shots and they go through a couple of different days with it. They do they do a really good job because yeah, I didn't even notice. I, just, I guess I misread. But well, yeah, they. I think I've read somewhere like there's 16 distinct moments you can tell where maybe like because yeah, when anytime the camera goes behind a subject or like maybe if they do like fade to black, like when it there's that one shot of the sky, then it fades to nighttime and then comes down. Shots like that kind of makes me want to watch 1917 again. Yeah. But yeah, I it was so great to go back. And, I don't know why it took me so long to buy this movie. I'm glad I found the bottle on Blu-ray. I know. Exciting. I'm like, I know we own it on Voodoo, but I'm like, I love this movie so much. So I'm like, well, I should probably just buy it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Best Buy. Fourteen dollars, I think, was what I paid. <laughs> Four dollars shipping. Boom. Nice. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the cast here. Uh, gosh, yeah. There's just so much fun stuff to talk about. So many great scenes. I loved Emma Stone as his daughter. I thought their um, father-daughter collaboration duo stuff was great. Yeah, you know, I was actually, one of the things I, I wrote down, like, I thought it was, like, it took me a second to adjust because, like, they're dropping, like, you know, like, Michael Keaton, like, uh, Edward Norton, and Zach Galifianakis. I, it was, it, it's just kind of weird. Like, 
that these four very like heavy hitters, you know, arguably heavy hitter, like very famous people are playing characters in pretty much everything else. Like all the other real actors are like when they're talking about like they're real actors, like they're in the real world. Like they name drop like what Jeremy Renner and uh, uh, George Clooney, George Clooney. Like they, they talk about like, uh, you know, they're in the real world, but they're still playing characters, which was kind of fun because i'm like it's it's super meta but these people aren't actually themselves right well they talk about um iron man too like you know he yeah they talk about the mcu he's getting paid millions to put on a tin suit (laughs) something like that what i like too is is how this like reflects in a way keaton's real life how you know you were the man back in the day you were birdman and michael keaton's case you were batman like you were huge and you know I don't want to say he necessarily became irrelevant, but he did kind of fade for a while and has now come back, not in a Broadway sense, but he's come back in the movie world again, Michael Keaton's career. Yeah. And I actually had to look it up because I like watching him like this, like very like, yeah, like it's not a one-to-one, but I'm like, it feels very much like Michael Keaton's like actual, like comeback from like t- about 25 years from Birdman in movie to 25 years about, give or take when this came out to him being Batman. Mm-hmm. And I had to look up, I'm like, was this movie specifically written for Michael Keaton? And it wasn't. Feels it just, like it. I, it definitely does. And like, I feel like they probably, like the movie itself was not entirely written with Michael Keaton in mind, but I feel like they probably like added and rewrote a couple like minor things to kind of like custom fit it. to make Well, it like the last Birdman movie coming out in 1992, that's when Batman Returns came out. Yeah, the last Batman movie with Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Well, and they said that throughout the movie, like or some of the stuff I was reading about it was that, you know, uh, the director had pointed out that in the beginning scene where uh, Michael Keaton's character is reading about the script and then talking about it and stuff, Michael Keaton was actually doing that with the actual script while they were talking about that scene and stuff. And he pointed out, he's like, you're literally doing what the character does. And he was, and even though that Michael Keaton has, in one of the trivia pieces, said that Michael Keaton said it was the most dissimilar person, the like character he played was the most dissimilar to himself. But it's also that he's, people were talking about how he is, he was difficult to work with, or that was his reputation and stuff. And that's what it is, as in the movie. Which it's kind of ironic for the uh, Edward Norton character. I, I wrote that was one of the first things I wrote down because you're like oh, Edward Norton hard to work with. He's yes. notoriously a huge douchebag on set. I mean, definitely if he's anything like his character, yeah, I could see that. Well, that's why the, that was the first thing I wrote down was well how meta it was, but like yeah, the Mike character, which is just like oh Mike Schreiner, whatever his name is, uh, Mike like in like in the movie was just they're just like he wants to do it. Well what did he get when they're talking about well he got fired slash quit his last project now he wants to do this one well what is it fired or quit is like well knowing mike it's probably both yeah you know and then it sh- edward norton shows up mike that's fucking hilarious <laughs> like makes total sense now why he got replaced as hulk in the mcu and <laughs> yeah no he does have a reputation of being uh, kind of a hard to work with kind of douchey on set so yeah that it worked perfect <laughs> i mean it, you get it you're like yeah you want to hate him for something like that but you watch him act like, damn i love ed, ed what, what, what were your thoughts of stone i loved her character 
I thought she, yeah, I thought she did really good. Like, honestly, it was kind of weird because I'm like, she does look like somebody who like was like an ex-druggie in recovery. Like she was very slender, like more than like, it seemed like she like actually looked like she was a drug addict, I guess. There's <laughs> uh, the eye makeup, but she shot this in between um, breaks on Spider-Man 2. They literally shot this in two weeks. They shot this whole movie in two weeks. Yeah. In two weeks, yeah, they did. Well, they did a lot of rehearsals. They did a they did a lot of rehearsal and then shot it in two weeks. Said that she. uh, It was said that they kept tabs because it was so continuous with their filming, and they had to do so many takes to get it just right because everybody had to be on. Some one of the editors said it had to be, or somebody was on set was like, it had to be like a dance. Like you had to hope that everybody met their mark when they were supposed to and stuff but apparently emma stone had the most mistakes they kept tally as like a joke and dolphin yeah. actress had the least dude his character i loved Amazing. his character i like i really so just good. know him like i've seen what like due date once and then like the hangover movies and that's all i've ever really seen of him to see him in like a complete departure from the comedy Mm-hmm. like i think he killed it like i didn't even really recognize yeah, he had some it. great lines too i had to laugh at the ending that like when he was there and his lines and everything i was dying because i was like of course that's how he would think like that makes complete sense like for his character i loved that that was a great like Defi- for me it just really like solidified it oh you're talking about when when he's lying through when uh, what was his character's name jake when he's lying through the door, like, or when he when he says the lie, like, you know, Scorsese's going to be here. I no, heard. No, 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 I'm talking about at the at the very end of the movie. Um, when he's in the hospital room. When he's in the hospital room, and stuff, and when he was telling him about the amazing publicity and all of this kind, of, like how ecstatic he should be, and everything, just totally glossing over the other aspect that was the other elephant that was in the room. Like I felt like that just really spoke to his character and stuff. That he was like we're gonna take because that's what he was doing that whole time with the play was just spinning bad things into good spinning bad things into good mm-hmm. and even at the very end he was spinning a bad thing into a good and everything and was like that was him and i was like yep that just like really nailed the character at the end for me yeah uh, his character oh so it was in all i'd ever seen like daniel said i see him in hangover and that might i feel like there's one other movie i saw him in because i never did see due date but yeah, just, I remember seeing him in this and like, oh, wow, this is a really cool turn for him. Yeah, it's kind of like when Jonah Hill was in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf, you're like, yes. oh, oh, shit, Jonah Hill. You're yes. Like, oh, Even like, McConaughey, after going from all those like uh, romance ones with, uh, what's her name? Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson to something like uh, Wolf of Wall Street. You're like, oh, shit, he's yeah, awesome. <laughs> Which, qu- quick side note, his, his uh, Dorito commercial was hilarious. Oh yeah, I did see that. That I had me cracking up. <laughs> I mean, I need to read his book now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> took a Dorito commercial, but I'm like, I need to really read his book or at least listen to the audio version. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? I don't know. I have like, t- well, not a ton, ton, but I did write a lot of notes because honestly, like, I had such a great time watching this. I love Edward Norton. Like, he is a really good actor, and his character was awesome i love the scene when he's in the changing room and hit the daughter sam is just right there he's like well yeah gotta try on some clothes here well not wearing underwear surprise 
You're like, where's your underwear? Mm, under the bed at home? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, oh, and I like so how good. he says something be like, oh, like the the uh the wardrobe guy was just like, oh, it's too small. And she's just like, you got that right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love I love how he's got a little bit of like a six pack and beer gut rolled into one. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of yes. It's, it like you could see an outline of some uh some muscle there but then at the same time a little gutty it was kind of funny i'm like i i can relate to that <laughs> one of the things that like one of my favorite things like for some reason i just loved the line that he was ta- like the sequence when you know they have that first big fuck up at the first like preview and he tells him like wait outside for me and we're gonna fucking take a walk you know and one i love that like sequence of them like walking down the street and then going into the bar like that was part, one of my favorite parts of the movie but i for some reason i just cracked me up because he's like yeah like i'm popular you know and he's just like and then uh mike says like popularity is a slutty little cousin of prestige and he's just like I, oh i love I that have line no fucking idea what that means <laughs> but also that leads into like one of the most laugh out loud moments for me was when they're in he's like you know man this is my town new york is my town so like you just let me do my thing because no one even fucking knows you then immediately it's just like oh my god are you regan thompson can i take a picture with you here can you take a picture of us (laughs) and just like totally like like, and he's just like are you serious and she just kind of looks i'm like i have no idea who the fuck you are (laughs) right Oh, that's good. That cracked me up but i love that so much and then that whole like in the bar scene like the bar like, scenes were good. Like when he's talking to the the uh, critic alone and she's like, I'm going to just fuck you over. Like write a fucking terrible review. I mean, I love how Edward Norton describes her. She's like, you know the woman who looks like she eats ass? No, <laughs> she licked a homeless person's ass. Oh, licked, like a, licked a homeless person's ass. And then he's just like, looks over. She's like, oh my God, she does look like she, <laughs> she does look like she licked a homeless person's ass. I don't know. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was sitting in the living room by myself with headphones on because, you know, I don't want to disturb my roommates. And I just started laughing hysterically out loud at that. Oh my gosh, you're right. She does look like she licked a homeless person's ass. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, I think was probably smart, but the trailer kind of sells you a little bit different Birdman movie than what you get. Cause I was expecting like the alter ego Birdman to come into play a lot more during the movie, but it only happens about three. I love that inner voice dialogue so much. It yeah. was a parody of, um, what's his name? Venom? Uh, I don't know. Batman. Yes, it is Batman, but it's specifically- um... Harvey Birdman? No. <laughs> Who played with um, Christian Lady Bale? Batman. Christian Bale's Batman and stuff, like his deep voice, you know. With yeah, uh, yeah, I was actually I kept I was listening yeah, closely, like, is, if this is supposed to be Michael Keaton's Batman voice, but I was like, not quite. But yeah, it. I think if if Keaton were to do Batman over again, he it, this would have been his Batman voice. Well, they were just saying that they directly, since they were parodying in a way, kind of like reflected with Michael Keaton's Batman and stuff. That's why the voice of Batman so deep is they're parodying Christian Bale's Batman. Mm-hmm. So that leads to one of my favorite scenes is when he, after he falls asleep drunk on the sidewalk, wakes up and is walking down the sidewalk. Yeah. And Birdman character behind him, taunting him and things like that. Love that moment so much. Yeah, I kind of love that. Yeah, like that's almost like that's in the third act, like towards like the very end of the movie. 
But I read that damage just like I know that as like the Birdman sequence. And it's kind of what kicks off, I think, the third act. Yeah. Yeah, but like to see that, like honestly, like it kind of feels like he's like rising from the ash. It's like I kind of love. He's just like, who gives a shit if nobody likes your fucking play? Sixties new thirty, fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how he's just like you know, like you're fucking better than all these people. Do you know why? Because you're a good, like an honest to god blockbuster movie star so fuck these guys we're gonna do birdman 4 rising like phoenix Phoenix. rising or something like that like like, yeah fuck these people i'm gonna just be a fucking movie star which kind of like that build up like i feel like i should have seen the ending coming more but because of that build up moment i did not see what happens at like we'll we'll get to the ending soon enough I guess for in the, like the way I took it when I was seeing him act like that, honestly, I saw it more as like I saw the ending coming more. Everything because you just it's more of his descent into the madness and everything. But it, I mean, I was shocked, but at the same time, I kind of saw it coming. But I also saw it coming that something totally like that he was not going to do the play because mm-hmm. of that sequence. Like that was a thought in my head that he was going to be like, yeah, you know what, fuck it, and just like do the movie like four you know what i mean but i felt like also seeing that whole birdman sequence it was like his descent into like the madness and everything the craziness the voice in his head like he just accepted it he's like i'm never going because that was the whole point is he wanted to be something more he wanted to prove he was a real actor and in my in that way it's like he just accepted that he would never be a big he would never be a true actor in his mind he was always going to be birdman birdman <laughs> yeah what did you think of the uh root or i weren't the rooftop scenes but like balcony scenes with uh mike and sam i like those uh i mean i liked the I'm, i don't know like i like that and <laughs> i don't know what else to say like, like truth or dare what are you eight <laughs> God, what did she say back to him? I forgot. I, I forget. It was a, it was a great line though, but I already forgot. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? like? What do you? Oh, what are yeah, you? She had a great comeback though. Oh yeah, that that was it. It's like, what do you like? Seventy eight. Yeah. She yeah. says that, and he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it's just. It's some interesting chemistry there. Yeah, I really loved Emma Stone's character in this. I thought she played it to the T. Um, but yeah, their their chemistry was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think her best, uh, my favorite scene of hers is when uh, Regan is walks into like the little room that she's in. Mm, yes, she's that's one of my like, favorite scenes in this movie. And then she like kind of like does her whole monologue, and I'm like, wow, that like fucking hits it. That worked. was a stab in the heart. Like, yeah, like she fucking cuts him down and to size, and like that whole thing. I'm like, she doesn't stop until she's fucking done, yeah. and then I'm like whoa yeah i know he's like god my own daughter oh god my own daughter hates me and thinks i'm a loser i mean that's uh that is just knife in the heart kind of stuff right there that was one of my favorite scenes um my favorite scene was the toilet paper honestly i thought that was great on it like when she's talking because i was curious because i saw her doing it in the previous scene that you guys were talking about with her monologue and stuff i didn't even notice yeah she was that's what she was doing at the table was that she was doing her dashes on the toilet paper and everything and it made me um when she because i was curious about that because i thought it was for the props like i thought she was doing something for the play and then she didn't and then 
uh, when she, she never, they never talked about it. And then when they explained it later and I absolutely loved the part, like when she's explaining it about her recovery and then he wipes his mouth with the human race. And I was like, <laughs> that is like, honestly, like I was like, yeah, that's, like, I just had a moment of clarity. I'm like, oh my God, all we are is literally just a sheet of fucking toilet paper. Shiloh, life is meaningless. I know. I hit me today when I was watching that scene. I was like, oh my God. I know. That's why it's like, can we just all get along? Because like, it really is like, well, more it's like, you know, like, here's how long the universe has been around. Here's how long man's been around. And it's like, exactly. Can we all just get the F along? Because I mean, it goes by in a blink of an eye. Right. I loved that scene. That yeah. was great. I do love I the leading after that scene. I love when he uh, was using his powers, if you will, trashing the war the his uh, dressing room, just yeah. right. everything everywhere. <laughs> was it um, Leslie that comes in? She's like, she's like, are you okay? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's cut my hand, you know, you're shaving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so like, great. <laughs> uh, one thing we haven't mentioned, like. When, I mean, we've pretty much mentioned all my favorite scenes except for one. So as far as like favorite scenes that we haven't mentioned, I it I died and where I was dying when I think it's like, the same scene I'm get, thinking of. Oh yeah, when, I'm sure it is. When he gets the paper and it's fucking Mike's face, like oh yeah, and he steals his fucking napkin story from like he told him like yeah that's that's when I knew I was gonna be an actor. You know, and then he, well, then he wrote, yeah, and then he run or like goes in, like, and he's just in a fucking tanning bed and he flips it open, starts hitting him with the paper, and then they start wrestling on the ground with him in just a speedo. And oh, so shit. okay, that I wasn't love- that wasn't the thing I was thinking of. That is, I love that though. Their fight scene that I did write that down is one of my favorite parts of the movie. One of my favorite scenes was when he goes out for a quick smoke. And gets his uh, robe stuck in the door, and the door's locked, and he has to go around the entire building through Times Square in his whitey tighties. <laughs> yeah, love that scene so much. I don't know why; it's just amazing. Um, and yeah, I do love. What I love is how he takes advantage of the situation and goes back into the theater, continues like everything's fine, and like you know doesn't have his toy gun with him, but he uses his fingers as kind of like a gun and says all the the right lines and continues right up to the stage through the audience. I mean, it was oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, Shiloh, what was your favorite scene? Real, real quick, real quick, I want to say, um, uh, it's not Anthony Michael Hall, um, Barney Stinson. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. He was the uh, host of the Oscars that year. Did a great rendition of that scene <laughs> in Whitey Tighties. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That was the last episode, or that was the last Oscar show I remember being really good was that year. Nice. Anyway, Shadow, continue. <laughs> um, Honestly, my favorite scene like out of the whole movie. It, I did have to laugh because... I mean, Daniel get the reference. Anytime I saw them backstage in the theater and stuff, all I could imagine was Linda Belcher be like, oh my God, I love the theater. Because it was like, whenever seeing like the theater, like them fighting out of the tanning bed or the two actresses making out, all I could think about was like, oh, they're just like, in a way it felt like a parody of like how backstage theater 
groups act and like how they're all intertwined and all that kind of stuff. There's always fucking drama. There's always drama. There's drama in the theater. They're just like, oh, amazing performance. I fucking hate you. you. Yeah. Drama tried behind to- the drama. Well, I love when he tells that um, when uh, Watts' character, like, you're beautiful, you're amazing, uh, it's been great working with you the last two years or something like that. Or, or he's, what, I forget what he says word for word, but then the other actress is like, wow, I've been working with them for two years. He's never said anything like that to me. Oh, uh, Michael Keaton's character. Yeah, I said that to her after. That Ed Norton blew up. He's like, we should just have sex right now. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> It'll be more realistic. Come on, let's, 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 let's go. Just a fucking conceited douchebag. <laughs> so great. <laughs> but I just love how like, he's just like, he's just like, if the, like the audience laughs he's got a huge boner and michael keaton like comes up with the guy and he's like what the fuck man and he just like continues with the scene and then people are laughing so like that's when like and then he just immediately just moves on to the, like the part where he just hits him in the face of the gun and everybody's like oh <laughs> like yeah you know if everybody's laughing because you have a boner you should probably just hit him yeah <laughs> um but honestly i think my favorite scene was at the very not the very very end but the end of the opening act of the play when he does his final line you know and the audience and afterwards the audience is cheering and you see the new york times um critic walk out as everybody else is just cheering Mm -hmm. and i thought that was just a really great like to me that was such a great moment because i didn't it made me think about what was she going to write and stuff was this going to be in vain sort of a thing because it would i was like because i was thinking if she wrote it one way that would look really bad on her but if she wrote it in another way would it be truly authentic and stuff so i really liked that moment where everybody else is cheering and you just see her look back at the stage and there's just hurry back off the news like out of the building yeah and honestly like i thought i wasn't sure about the runtime like i didn't check but then when that was happening i'm like this i'm like feels like the end i'm like this feels like it's just gonna cut to credits and i was just like dude if this cuts to credits right now i don't know what the fuck to think <laughs> it's so I am kind of, I mean, like it would have been a crazy ending, but I still like what we got uh, with the ending. Well, and- let's go into spoilers here and let's talk about the ending. Cause yeah, it's a very interesting ending there. You could so many things you can take away from it. Did this happen? Did that happen? Uh, so yeah, he brings out a real gun to stage. And honestly, when that happened, I thought he brought his real gun to stage after he saw Mike and his daughter. So I'm like, holy shit, he's going to kill Mike. And then he's going to, and then, like, that's what I initially thought, but I'm like, and then he just fucking shoots himself. I mean, like, I don't know. Like I said, after the Birdman scene, which he's kind of like building himself up, I'm like, fuck these guys. If you if this doesn't suit, you can do Birdman 4. Fuck them, you know? <laughs> but so when he just, like, goes up, just like, you forgot your blood pack. He's like, fuck it, don't need it. Fucking shoots himself. And I thought he shot himself right in the head. Same. And then to find out that he's just like, shot his nose off essentially mm-hmm. but also i thought it was clever that the bandages on his face resembled the Birdman mask yes 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 so i don't know what so what, what do you th- so let's talk that ending scene then so wakes up in the hospital yeah Oops. i did love that his daughter brought him um the lilacs and everything just specifically because of the point he said that he hates roses mm-hmm. and stuff. 
And also in his waiting in his hospital room, I was specifically looking at the flowers and stuff. And there was only one jar of, or one vase of roses. Everything else wasn't roses and stuff. And I was like, I think that was done on purpose. I mean, the joke is that she brought in those flowers because they're supposed to meant to cover up the smell of dead bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're actually taboo to bring into f- hospitals. They're like bad luck. Like and everything. Yeah, because they, it was supposed to cover the smell. But I thought it was more of a nod because she knew her dad didn't like roses also. I mean, I do. Yeah, I do love that. He's like, <laughs> what's so funny? I can't you brought, smell them. You brought me the flowers that I wanted you to and I can't smell them. I can't smell them. The perfect <laughs> so irony good. of him getting what he wanted and yet he still couldn't fully enjoy it. Well, actually, I didn't realize this until I looked up like things after the movie. So I'm like, because it ends somewhat ambiguously, you know, after he like, you think he might have jumped out the window. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Emma Stone sees him essentially flying, but they never show him after that point yeah there's a lot left up to the audience to kind of kind of come up with your own kind of conclusion well one thing i didn't notice until i was reading about it was the beginning quote uh in the movie like the beginning quote like was like what did you want in life and he's just like i just wanted to be beloved you know essentially like i'm paraphrasing i don't remember the exact thing but then at the very end of the movie he achieves that goal he is a beloved like people are like holy shit like the the critic writes an uh, an amazing review his like lawyer slash best friend is just like this is it you've gotten everything you're relevant again like they're gonna open this play up fucking everywhere you know like and i like he's just like you're telling me like <laughs> i still love that you're like exactly are you fucking kidding me he's like this is everything you fucking wanted like i'm just telling him the good news like i I'm sorry that he tried to kill himself. I'm sure it was Turning an accident. Turning a bad thing into a good. You know, well, I just love how he like, like, you're like, oh, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. This is the best thing that could have happened to us. Immediately walks out, like, get the fuck away, you parasites. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. <laughs> I think That's so funny. It, the way I, in a way, like, because it's left more ambiguous and stuff, like, the way I took the ending, so to speak, even though they're like, yeah, I totally like, you know, Emma Stone's character looks down and then looks up like, you know, smiling and everything. But like, I guess the way I took it, it's more of like, because it was shown that it was more of a psychological thing in his head, kind of a thing, you know, that he was imagining all these things pointed out by like, if he was really Birdman, you know, how he's moving stuff throughout the movie and everything, he could mm-hmm. have totally have opened that door up with his robe and stuff. Like I thought about that, you know what I mean? If he was like, doing is I don't know for me I just took it as more of like he did kill himself and everything but in a way because Emma Stone's character also had issues you know what I mean like that um because one of the things that like the character never really wanted to accept like Michael Keaton's character is that he never really wanted to accept that he was going out you know what I mean he was fighting to the nail he was putting everything into it you know what I mean and then he had that little psychological break of not being relevant anymore and his daughter obviously has issues with the growing up and being in rehab and all that kind of stuff so in a way to me like her looking up and seeing her dad fly was like her way of being like my dad is happy you know what i mean like she mm-hmm. just accepted that like really well, awesome. so that's something i'm wondering is did did he actually kill himself on stage in this last scene here in the hospital is like a dream sequence of like hey you made it or did he did he did he actually accidentally blow just part of his nose off and i don't know i'm like i again, don't know it's one of the fun things about uh, like an ambiguous finale. You can put it any way you want that makes you happy. Either way, I think the movie works. If he did kill himself or if he's... 
actually Birdman. Or if he's actually like alive slash Birdman, yeah. Either one works, I think. I do love that final shot though of Emma Stone looking out the window, looking down, looking around, and then looking up and smiling. Which apparently that was not the original ending either. No? No. I read something about it. I'll have to pull it up real quick, but... I think it's also interesting that or what was I gonna say about how he talked about how he the only thing that made me like question whether or not he could actually like he was actually Birdman sort of a thing so when he talked about to his wife during right before the second act and everything and how he talked about that he tried to kill himself before and he couldn't because of the jellyfish and everything and that's what maybe like questions like no matter what he does like because like you know he tried to shoot himself and he couldn't and he even messed that up it only like tore off his nose and stuff that's the only thing that made me question like oh is this guy like actually like you know what i mean like the bird man thing because he's like no matter he tried to kill himself he did but he couldn't succeed because he's bird man that was the only thing that made me like question if he actually killed himself. well and i'm wondering too where does the asteroid fall into this because we see that asteroid at the very beginning opening shot and then we see an asteroid um after the after he shoots himself on the play we actually stop with the continuous shots and go to bro- broken up shots and one of them is the asteroid again i could think the asteroid could be a symbolism for you know just like the different parts and like his mental break you know because that's essentially what happens you're seeing throughout the movie and he even nods to it saying that this play is becoming like a um disturbed version of his own life you know what I mean? So I think in the way the movie is also just showing the, the descent and or like the big pivotal moments, because at the beginning, you're getting this pivotal moment of the show's almost here. You know, his, he's starting to hear the bird man and everything. And then the second shot, it's like, oh, no, he's fully gone. Like mm-hmm. he, he's done. Like his brain is capoose, so to speak. Like he's he's gone into a reality. He can't turn off that little voice anymore. You know? Mm hmm. And I also read another trivia part that was very like the, an allusion to that. Um, uh, there was somebody, there was an actor, I think it was like a Superman actor and everything. Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Who like a lot of people said that he tried killing himself because he thought he could fly like Superman did. He thought he actually was Superman and stuff. Hmm. And it was I like, an remember actor. That. it was, but it, it was a trivia piece, but it turns out that that guy, he was actually killed by like, he killed himself and everything. That was just a surrounding rumor at the time and everything. So I, they were doing a nod to that. They were saying, you know, that was another nod to like a superhero actor sort of descent, like just like Michael Keaton's character in Batman and everything. And almost all of the cast had also been in superhero movies. Like, yeah. Yeah, you have uh, the Hulk, um, Gwen Stacy, Batman, and you almost had Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow. Okay, so I looked up the original ending because I I forgot what I had read. Okay, but essentially the original ending would kind of loop back around with Johnny Depp. Wait, how? And, like where? Okay, so I'll read this this little excerpt on Collider about this, <coughs> and then says. In quotations, then the camera proud like it proud like it did the whole film, then went backstage through the halls we've seen the whole time, and we'd get to the dressing room where literally Johnny Depp would be sitting looking in the mirror and putting on his Riggin Thompson wig. And then the poster of Pirates of the Caribbean 5 would be in the back. And Jack Sparrow's voice, it would say, 
what the fuck are we doing here, mate? It was going to be the satire of the endless loop of that. Essentially, like it's saying, like, oh, okay, gosh, like Johnny Depp. Be, that would have been an interesting. Um, I wonder if the Blu-ray has deleted scenes. That would be an interesting ending. That would have been a cool ending. But essentially, like, yeah, like there's always gonna be this like, oh, you're just this one character and that's it. And then trying to be like, no, I'm not. So to like go for, around for like, Depp, it'd be more funny if all of a sudden you hear I mean, I was saying he's already Johnny Depp's played so many iconic roles that it would be hard to kind of nail down. But like I get that like being reduced to like, yeah, you're now just Jack Sparrow and that's what you are. Well, I mean, in all actuality, Jack Sparrow really was Johnny Depp's last big character. Yeah, it was. And to be fair, I loved him before he was a pirate. I like to keep that on record. Ed Wood, Edward Scissorhands. I mean, Johnny Depp is a great character actor, but on but it would make sense that it would be Pirates of the Caribbean because that is his real. Uh, I mean, that's that's when the world loved him all of a sudden. That's, like, that's I mean, like, a lot of us moviegoers, like hardcore moviegoers, loved him before that, but the world loved him after he was Jack Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my first real inter- I mean, not don't we wrong. I've seen Edward Scissorhands. I've seen a lot of Johnny Depp movies, but really, what I did come to love Johnny Depp and like really appreciate as this character was Jack Sparrow. That because I was like, I still love that movie. You need to see Ed Wood. Got it. Got to see Ed Wood. And that movie came out like <laughs> came out like two thousand three. Okay, so I was like eight. So that's like what I remember Johnny Depp as. So it makes sense. It was like with the Birdman, them talking about that's you know people. That's what he they knew him for. That's what they grew up with him. <laughs> episode in it's like season one of Californication. What do you want to watch, honey? He's talking to his daughter. Let's watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Johnny Depp is so hot. Mm. <laughs> She's like 11. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. But like, yeah, so I, I kind of like that. I thought that was interesting, like an English loop of like, you know, people who get like relegated to like typecast to like a certain role or just people remember him for the certain role that it just kind of repeats itself. Like, I'm just trying to prove everybody wrong. And you know, like, Gosh, that would have been an interesting ending. But I, I still like the way it ended, but yeah, that would have been an interesting one. Yeah. I know, apparently uh, the director said that ending was shit, so that's why he rewrote it. <laughs> trying to think of some other... I mean, I could see... I mean, I think it works to a point, but I do like the ending that we got. Yeah, like, I I don't know what they would replace it with. Like, if they did it, like, I could almost see it being an add-on to even Michael Keaton's character, like, jumping and then doing the pan of Emma Stone and then it moving into Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if they included, like, both of those endings, but made that, like, the solid ending, like, and almost like it's an endless cycle sort of thing. So you still get that closure of my that, that would have been so interesting. It, like yeah. and into the cycle of the new character. Yeah. Like that would have been kind of cool. <gasps> I, think, I think it still worked. Like, yeah, I, I it like kind of changed the symbolism a bit, but yeah, it is, yeah. It is interesting to think of it as like an endless cycle. If you get your big break and you think this is great, it's going to open gonna up a, the world for you. And then you're like, oh, I'm people just think of me as this one thing. <laughs> Come on, Dad! You gotta go viral now. Which I did like that scene when um he got recorded running through Times Square in his underwear. Look, Dad! Look how many views you got. You're you're a hit. <laughs> I did also like that she went ahead and made him a Twitter page because, in a way, I think that was a very big, like almost Stone's character trying to accept her dad and everything and trying to help him even though he didn't because he always bashed like the twitter and all that kind of stuff. But she knew that was the that was gonna get him more like 
achieve this iconic status you know celebrity she knew that celebrity people love celebrities who engage who are on social media so she just went ahead and did it for him and in a way to help him because i mean like it also makes sense because he grew up in the like celebrity are the untouchables yeah and but like the modern celebrity is very accessible yeah you know i I did love uh like it was her first conversation with edward norton what is what does sam say to mike she, anyway she's talking about rehab it's like oh you went to rehab like how was it it was fine just fine um it's not like it was like dr drew or nothing yeah <laughs> that was a great line yeah. <laughs> like dr drew was there or anything but yeah oh she's like but the guy from american pie was, was there, there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we're all thinking like which what one was it was it uh the main guy or was it stifler it was stifler probably stifler oh <laughs> <laughs> <That was Yeah>. good <laughs> Uh, so I guess we'll yeah we'll start wrapping this up here. What what a great movie! I was so happy to go back and revisit this movie. It's just it's fun. It's it's definitely one. Of my, I think it deserved its Oscars. I mean, this thing won, I believe, four Oscars. I wrote it down here: best picture, best director, original screenplay, and cinematography. So it took home four Oscars. Michael Keaton got a best acting Golden Globe for this, as well as this taking home screenplay for that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think for as far as like film stuff goes, it had 290 nominations and oh, took shit. home 190 wins. Well, okay, I remember like in the later episodes of like that movies documentary that we watched on HBO, they mentioned these like three filmmakers, like these Hispanic heritage filmmakers, I think because Guillermo del Toro was talking about them. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the guys and I'm like, oh shit, I can see why two weeks and you make this. You know, like you two have weeks to of have... editing too, because everything was in such long takes. Two weeks of editing. You know, yeah, like, but just like, yeah, to hear that, like, yeah, you have to have a very specific thing in mind to be able to pull this off in like non-concurrent, like in between shots, like two weeks for everything. You have to know exactly what you want and exactly what you're doing to get this to come together the way it does. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Gosh, I, it, it, what a great now. year that was, though, because this was up against. Whiplash, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Boyhood, which was very unique the way they filmed that in like 12 years, letting the actors naturally age. Very interesting the way they did that. Um, What up? Theory of Everything, I think, was up that year too. Yeah. But I mean, this this takes the cake. I mean, I love this movie so much. Um, I was glad it won. I mean, if this one or Whiplash won, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I get that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Shallow hasn't watched Whiplash yet. It's good. Damon Chazelle, another up and comer. Anything he puts out, I'm there. I've seen La La Land. I love La La Land. The same so guy. good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess let's let's wrap it up here. That is, yeah, our nice long uh, discussion for Birdman, which it was awesome. Sounds like what? everyone gives this a thumbs up. I give this a solid A, A plus. I love it. I thought it was a amazing. Plus, plus, plus. Glad I finally own it on Blu-ray. Whoop, whoop. Fucking worth it. Now I'm just like, all right, now I want to watch The Founder. Now that I want, now that I saw one of his movies, I'm like, yeah, okay, Jordan, I'll watch The Revenant or The Revenant now. Well, good, because I was thinking that for next week, since we're supposed to be getting snow this week, what better movie to watch with snow out there than The Revenant? But maybe I'll watch that on my own time. Now we can review that later, but I think this next week we should just continue on with the 
Alejandro G and Yachty Two, and watch The Revenant. We'll talk about that later, though. All right, Dan, where can they find us? They find us online on movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you thought of Birdman, this hip new movie that came out six years ago, six or seven years ago. But it's fucking awesome. If you have stands up. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for downloading the show. Thanks for all the great reviews. We love it. And thank you, Shiloh, for joining us. That was a great surprise. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. So that's three solid A's for Birdman. I would say check it out. I think I think you have to rent this one. I had to I just went online and bought it. Okay. Got the hard copy, but yeah, I think you have to rent it. It's no, I don't think it's streaming anywhere right now. But yes, check out Birdman, and we will talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.